you'll never truly be ready for it. Like taking that jump over, moving into that new sector of whatever it may be. Um, but I think for me, I was just looking at my life and I no longer just had a quality of life that was acceptable for myself. Welcome to the Planner Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Vian Ortiz, your planning and business coach and strategist. This podcast was created to give you practical and actionable strategies for planning while paired with conversations about hot topics, tough topics, interviews with business owners and influencers, as well as tips on business and following your passion. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Planner Talk podcast. My name is Vian Ortiz, and I am super excited that you are here for this episode. In this episode, I got to chat with Lauren or Laura from Plan with Lore, and it was just a really great conversation. I feel like we're one and the same, so it made everything just so much fun, more fun to record. And we talked all about musicals, wedding planning, leaving her nine to five to start a business, mental health and self-care and staying motivated. And she really just drops a lot of amazing nuggets and is just a great person to chat with. And so I do hope that you enjoy this episode. And without further ado, let's get into it. Thank you so much for being here, Lauren. I'm so excited to chat with you. I am so so excited to be here. The best way to start off the new year. So cannot complain. Yay. I'm going to have so much fun just like picking your brain, <laughs> all these questions, but I do have one. Okay. That, that I want to ask to begin with. And that is what is your favorite Broadway musical? Cause I love musicals oh, too. <laughs> my goodness. You are just like coming for me hot immediately with these first questions. Oh my goodness. That is Man, that's a really hard one. So I can't give you a straight answer. And if for anyone who knows, like it's who knows me or knows any of my content, I never give us just a straight answer. I just kind of go off on all these tangents and we see what sticks. But (laughs) um, if I if I had to had to pick my favorite Broadway musical, it's actually not currently playing. So this is also an easy one because no one can go see it right now and say like this sucked, you know. Um, I want to know if it's the same one that I'm thinking because it's no longer playing that I love. is it Once on this Island? Oh, no. But I, I almost thought it was. It's once. <laughs> but yeah. Like Once on this Island? Okay. I'm going to yeah. write that down. What's that yeah. about? Um, I got to make sure that's... Watch me like sit here and say it's called Once on this Island and not have it be. Um, yeah, it is Once on this Island. Woo. Um, but essentially, it's like an old folk tale that they kind of turned into a musical um, it's, it's really interesting and like, not to start our podcast off hot, but it deals a lot with like race relations okay. and kind of like the whole musical is like this servant. There's like a servant girl okay. to like this big, like Royal family essentially. And one of the Royal guys, like the Prince is like driving down the road and he crashes his car. And so she takes some, this, I know it's, you're sounding really weird. And you're like, Lauren, why do I want to? No, no, I, but <laughs> she takes it's a story. It's like a story. It's not a true story. Right. But, um, so she takes him back to the castle and like nurses him back to health. And like, they let her stay in the castle and she like loves it all and they love each other. But then when it comes time to actually marry, they're like, there's no way he'll ever marry you, you know? Um, like, cause you're a servant girl and he's the prince and that's just never going to happen. So like, you need to leave now. That's like the whole premise of the show. I won't give away. It's a good ending. Kind of sad, but um Ooh, I like that. Now. do you know if it's going to come yeah. back 
I don't know if it's going to come back. It's been a while, but I always say like, there's never a bad Broadway musical. I get asked all the time, like what, what musical should I go and see? And I always say like, there are different types of musicals, but there aren't necessarily a bad musical at all. So like, if you want to see like the high production value, like what people think is Broadway, like see a Wicked or see Hamilton or see Aladdin or even see Cinderella. Like they're just fun, high energy musicals. Like, if you want something that's a little bit more lyrical, like tells more of a story, like that's where you go and you do like Fear of Enhancement or you see Phantom of the Opera or you see Come From Away or like, you know, but yeah. there's just like no bad musical. Like anything that's on Broadway is phenomenal. I'm excited. New shows will start previewing in, well, I mean, fingers crossed. We'll see yeah. where we are in the world in February, but um, Oh my God. That's the one season thing. Yeah, that's the one thing is you're so we're gonna talk about New York soon, but you're so <laughs> close to Broadway. Like you're right there. And I love, I love, love, love musicals. I think the first one that I ever saw, well, probably not the first one ever, but the first one I saw on Broadway was once. And that's what I thought you were gonna say because you said once. <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen that, but it is it's not playing right now either. And I hope it comes back, but it was beautiful. And ever since then I've been like addicted. So <laughs> No. Wait, John Michael's like, I mean, lots of perks of us moving to New York, but he was like, the best one is I always have a built-in date night. Like we just go see a musical and like get pizza afterwards. And he was like, it made my life so much easier. I'm like, oh, I'm glad John Michael. I love, <laughs> and I love that he loves that. Cause I mean, yeah, yeah <laughs> thank God. <laughs> or it'd be hard. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. Love that answer. But I want to get into like how you started Plan With Lore. Um, how and when also did you find the planner community? So I guess that's two questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> However you mm-hmm. want to answer them. Perfect. They kind of go hand in hand with each other. And so when did I find the planner community in um, 2019 is when I, I found it. I just moved to Boston for the first time. Um, I did not know a single person in the city beside my now fiance. Um, we were, you know, moving in together in the city. So I literally bought a planner to make friends. Like I'm like, planner people won't, most people don't understand that, but like planner people understand yeah, that, absolutely. you know, like I bought a planner and I was like, okay, I'm going to plan out like going to, cause I truthfully believe and it's funny because I'm doing this now in New York, but like when you move to a new place, making adult friendships is like the hardest thing in the world and you have to friend date. And honestly, I think friend dating is like much harder than like dating, dating, (laughs) you know? Um, and so I was like, okay. And I truthfully believe in, we found this to be true in New York. Like I find friends doing things that you like to do. So like I may, I have made friends at the dog park, you know, for example, like in New York, but I was like, okay, I want to make a plan of like, I'm going to go to this book club. I'm going to go to this restaurant. I'm going to go to this store or whatever. And I'd always really liked planners, but then I, as most people do, like Googled the name of my planner. I'm like, oh, let me see what other people are doing. And that just opened up a completely new world, all the videos, all the Instagram pages. And so I um, decided, I joined a Facebook group as most people did and started kind of talking and then people were like, post your planners. And I was like, that's the weirdest thing in the world. Absolutely not. I refuse to do that. Like you guys are so weird. I know, like, look at me now. (laughs) Um. I was like, I cannot do this at all. And then I started doing it, you know? And I think I, it like selfishly, I was so starved for a community that I was like, maybe this can be my sort of community, which is again, like why my name is Lore, which like my name's Lauren, but like friends and family call me Lore. So it's not that big of a deal, but I was so worried about 
other people finding my page, criticizing me, like, and I think that that's something that I've had so many conversations with people, whether it's in the planner community or it's business or it's goals or anything. Like sometimes we're so scared of what other people may think that it like stops us from being or living in our full potential. And I think, um, you know, and I know this is skipping ahead, but I think playing with Laura really kind of took off when I stopped thinking about other people's opinions. And like, I think when people criticize you, it's much more of a reflection on them, you know, and like all the people like my best friends and my coworkers and all these people who are afraid of finding me, like have been the best supporters and the biggest supporters um, of people who are just like, I love this. How can I be a part of this? How can I support you? How can I do all of these things for you? Um, so it took a, took me a little bit while, a little while to get there, but yes, short answer 2019. I know I tangent a little no, bit. No, that's totally fine. <laughs> and it all makes so much sense to me because I was the same way. I kept mm-hmm. my hidden for years. And then I think like one of my friends found it and they were like, do you, are you, are you? And I'm like, yeah, I do that. Like, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you know, just a little thing I do. And then they're like, that is so cool. And so now it's like, it's just a part of me. And yeah. I also encourage people to recognize that it's not even weird. Like it's, it seems, I guess, weird, but it's not weird. <laughs> you know, it's just not. Yeah. I, I mean, I think when it comes down to it, I think there's just so much imposter syndrome in this. And I also think like, Especially like there is a subsect of people who don't know what planning is, but I think it's been cool because like, I am now like my family's go-to person of like, I have this goal. What should I do? You know, or like my aunt's calling me up and is like, what should I use to budget? You know? And so it's been a way to, for me to just bond with so many people and also just like let people kind of know what's going on in my life. And I think that's the beauty of social media. Like we talk a lot about the negatives and there are a lot of negatives to social media, but I think there is, I always say this over and over again, is that like, there's just so much power in your story and sharing your story online to whatever capacity you want that to be is so impactful. I always say I learned more on the school of Instagram than I ever did in all of my education, you know, because like I can reach so many new people, so many new perspectives, so many new places and, um, so just share your story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it is you, it is you. And by not sharing your story or by being truly authentic to yourself, you're only hurting your own self. You're not hurting anyone else. You're just, you are cutting off a part of you and it's sad to cut off a part of you. That's all you, you know? Yeah. So let the world see it and the people that want to see it and want to follow it and want to be a part of it will, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So you say you're everyone's type A best friend and I love that. (laughs) I actually Googled like, what is type A? Cause I'm like, I think like I, I might be, but I'm not sure. So I don't know what, what is, what does it mean to be type A? Um, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I, so that's funny. I'm glad you picked up on that. Cause like, that's where I'm, I mean, I think playing with Laura is always evolving and that's kind of the new sector that I want to move into. Um, but type A for me, like is like just who I've always been. I just didn't know anything else different. I mean, could we probably do a bunch of tests, like all the Enneagrams and Myers-Briggs and like get an assumption, like, sure. But I think type A for me and kind of the lens that I'm really approaching it is that like, I like routines and I like structure and I like hierarchy and I'd like to know that there's a plan and a process. And I think for so long, so many people called me type A as it was this bad thing. Like, 
oh my God, she's so type A, like I can't be her friend or, oh my God, she's so type A. Like, I just like, this is stressing me out, you know? And I'm like, "Hmm." but if I don't do this, this is also going to stress me out. Um, And so as like being kind of the type A BFF, like want to show you that first off, if you are like me, you're in good company. There are people who love routines and planning and, you know, it is not that big of a deal and it's not something to be ashamed of. It's who you are. I think it's my superpower. And so like leaning into that. And I think on the other side, there are so many people who maybe are not naturally type A or naturally inclined to be, to think about routines and systems in the same way that I do, that I want to be able to provide inspiration for and be like, okay, here's some easy ways to, you know, have weekly priority tips, or here's an easy way, like how you can keep your goals top of mind or, you know, journaling prompts to, you know, get you thinking. Um, so that's kind of where type A is. And I think it's a little bit of goal setting, a little bit of intentionality, but at the core, just like, you know, I hope to be someone that all people can relate to, and then, you know, really help my type A people unite together. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point because you made such a great point. And I love that. I love that you're you're leaning into that versus mm-hmm. going away from it. Cause like you said, it can be such a negative, uh, you can have a negative connotation for somebody who's type A, somebody who's always like trying to be on it and all of that, you know, and I get that. Um, but it's interesting to think that some people just don't have the same brain. And yeah. I it took me a while <laughs> to recognize that, oh, people don't think the way that I do. What? Like mm-hmm. what? so into like thinking everyone thinks like us and when you realize that they don't you're like oh I can actually help somebody in this area because they're not like literally thinking the way my brain is (laughs) yeah Uh, this is a hundred percent and I think what's hard is that I also come from a family that is very type a um and I think partly because of like their jobs, my parents were in the military. So like, that's just what they did for their jobs. You know, so a lot of the things that I do or that I have always done were just second nature. These were things that were modeled for me, you know, like we always had a big kitchen calendar that had everyone's schedules on it. Everyone routines on it. Like I always knew that there was a place in my house that I could go to and it was there. My parents um, also like made itineraries for trips that we went on partly because like they did not get a whole bunch of time off. So when we got time off, they wanted to be really intentional with the time that we were spending. Also too, like they had like me and I have two brothers and we usually traveled with family members. So sometimes not everyone was doing the same thing. So it was an easy thing to think about. And so it's so funny because I started dating John Michael and I was like, okay, here's our first vacation itinerary. He said, what? Like, we're not just going to go sit on the beach. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, like, other families don't do this, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think that was like my first realization where I would like be in college. I'm like, okay, here's my routine for the day. And my roommate's like, what? Why? Like, Uh I'm just going to sleep into my first class. I was like, okay, cool. Um, (laughs) So I think for me, like the same exact thing. I had to learn that other people don't necessarily think in the same way, which for me was also like a hard realization because I used to get really frustrated at people who didn't have the same tendencies that I did. But I think, you know, through a lot of self exploration and a whole bunch of therapy, like have learned, (laughs) literally, (laughs) yes. Um, have just like learned how, like, okay, how can I harness that and use that again? as cliche as it sounds, use it as my superpower. You know, like when I travel with my friends or, 
you know, we traveling with John Michael or his family or any family. It's like, okay, you know, I, so this is like just a very offhanded, not offhanded, but like a out there example. Like when I make, I don't have, it's very funny. John Michael and I call it like a high food drive. Like I like food. I like good food, but I don't plan my day around my meals. John Michael, on the other hand, plans his whole days around when can I cook? When can I get groceries? And when can I make delicious food? You know? So like when we travel, I'm like, okay, food is not my strong suit. Like, let me give that to somebody else and they can decide it. But let me, I would love to coordinate, like, what time are we getting to the airport? Who's picking us up from the airport? Where do we get to our first destination? How do we check it? Like, you know, and I think it's okay. We use it to our strong suit and we use it to um, help. Yeah. No, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you guys have to let me know if anyone else has a high food drive because John Michael does. (laughs) No, I do usually plan like my vacations around like, where can I eat the best food? (laughs) Which is so funny. There's other people out there like that. Yeah. Um, See, See, you got to find your people. Gotta find your people. Um, Playing off, not playing off, but kind of talking a little bit more about being type A. Is there a, a part of you that when, okay, how could I say this? Do you put high expectations on yourself? Cause I'm sure other people do, especially mm-hmm. if they're type A, I know that I do. And how do you mend that? I know that's not like in our questions, but I'm just wondering, yeah. you know, sometimes we tend to put a lot on our plate. We tend to have high expectations of ourselves. We tend to think we're not doing enough. And, um, how have you mended that, you know, with your, yeah, that that's a really great question. I think it's also something that I've been facing a lot of are kind of reality right now. And I, so sorry, I think I froze for a second. Perfect. But I think that's definitely something that I feel and something that, that I've had learned to adjust my expectations for. And I think that there will always be a part of me that high, has high expectations. And so like, it's like, figuring out how do I work within that? And there are a couple of ways that I do that. The first thing that I've just learned and like, it's why I love planning in the planner community is journaling. And so like, whenever I have an idea or thought about something, I journal it out. So it's not just living in my head because for so long things would live in my head and they would take up that mental space and then they start weighing on me. And then either they happen and usually they happened how I didn't want them to, or, or like I would put high expectations on somebody else you know, and then they didn't live up to what the standard that I wanted them to be. And I would just be disappointed. So I've first and foremost learned to just journal about all of my feelings and understand that I can't control everything, which is like very, very hard for me. And then I think the second thing that has been so great for me is I have just started telling people what I wanted. And I think that's so hard, especially one as a woman to just be like, this is what I want, you know? Um, it's been the weirdest shift in my personality. It's been the hardest shift, but to me, that makes it a lot easier to kind of put those expectations out there. And so, um, you know, little things of like, you know, we're planning a wedding right now. So it's like, okay, here's what I want for the wedding. And for me, what I found is, do I usually get what I a hundred percent want? No, nobody does. That's just life. You know, I mean, I wish I did, but I don't, um, but then people come back and we have conversations. And I think that my expectations adjust throughout that process, you know, easy example I can get, I can be like, oh, these are the flowers that I want. And then my wedding planners come back and it's like, that's four times your flower budget. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, can't afford that at all. So like, 
that helps me shift my perspective and shift the expectations that I have around that. Or even things um, like friends. And uh, one of the coolest things I just had one of my friends do, and this is, I think, a pro tip for everyone should do it, is she created a friend survey and she sent it out to all of her best friends, just a Google form, like nothing crazy. And she just went through it and said, what's your favorite, like, what are some of your favorite treats? What's your Starbucks order? How do you want to communicate? You know, like, do you want to do it via text message updates? Do you want to call once a week? Do you want to call once a month? Like, you know, do you have any big and important milestones this year that I can celebrate you for? Or, and like, how do you like to receive love? Is it via quality time? Is it via, you know, just like sending a text to be like, Hey, thinking of you, or is it via gifts? You know, um, that is so cool. Yeah. It's the coolest thing in the world. I'm like, I'm going to steal this, (laughs) Um, which like everyone should steal and everyone should do it. But I think when it comes to expectations, like I've just learned communication. And I think sometimes being as type A as I can, it can come off as very intimidating about like, okay, here are my expectations. Here are what I want. Here is what it is. And it's intimidating for myself to put all of that and be vulnerable out there. And I understand that for other But I think really to have some of those conversations when applicable, this is a very generalized statement of something that may be happening, Um, you know, but that's what's helped me the most. No, that's good. I I think that asking for what you want and then, you know, setting your own expectations to a certain degree is perfect. I know I'm just, (laughs) I can just relate to you so much where it's like, I I don't like, I expect other people and this is going to sound so bad, but like, it's almost like you expect other people to know what you want. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And when they don't, you're like, uh, how did you not know that this is what I wanted? And so I love that just saying what you want and then, you know, having your expectations at a certain level is such a great answer. And I'm going to take that. (laughs) And I've, uh, and I, I, I also want to let you know, I feel the same way. And I think also too, like, how many social media or reels or TikToks do I see of like, oh my gosh, my husband surprised me in this way. I'm like, John Michael wouldn't even know where to start. Like <laughs> love him, but like would not even know where to start. Right, and right. so, you know, and so I think again, like, you know, we have these un- unrealistic expectations on people and we put that pressure um, and it's only setting them up to disappoint us. And that's such a big like mindset shift that I think is hard to work through but it's so important to work through. And also throughout, I've learned that most people like want you to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, most people, it's a lot easier to say like, this is what I want, or this is how I would like to be loved, or this is what I need from you as a friend. And yeah. people are like, great. Thank you so much for telling me. Instead of having to like play this guessing game and go back and forth. Yeah. We just need to be more blunt. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day. <laughs> I know that's, that's my goal for 2022. <laughs> Yes. Speaking of goals, um, you know, you have planned with Laura, you are growing it. Um, I think we talk, we're going to talk a little bit about how you're leaving your nine to five, right. To do this Mm -hmm. full time. But I'm curious about how plan with Laura started and how it's evolved to where it currently is now specifically and kind of like what, I know there's people that will, you know, join the community and they want to be, Uh, they want to be involved, but they don't want to be kind of like um, creating something that other people, you know what I'm trying to say? Like creating something 
for the community, I guess. Mm-hmm. And there's two different types of people and I love both of them. So I'm just wondering what was your motivation and uh, to start Plan With Lauren, how it's evolved. Yeah, definitely. So the motivation to start, like I said, is I, I was looking for a community. And I think that's what most people started off is that they wanted to look for a community. And I think about when I hit 1000 followers is when I realized like, ooh, there's, there's a lot that can be done there. Now, I will say that I come from a marketing background. I also come from a social media background. The idea of content and things like that are just things that I, I just know a lot about. And I just want to give like words of advice. You don't have to do that. You can be successful, quote unquote, in this niche, even if you aren't a creator. Now, do I think that there are so many opportunities for creators? A hundred percent. Am I a creator? One hundred percent. But I think it's important to note that you do not have to be a creator to hold value in the in the place in this community to be in the space at all. Um, And I know that like we're kind of in the gig economy right now, so like you know it's being talked about a lot about being a creator whatnot. But I think about a thousand in I going back to my story is that when I realized that there was a lot of power there. But one thing for me is I hated posting my planner spread. And it was so yeah. funny because how was I going to be a part of this planner niche that is so, at least at the time that I joined, like focused on your planners and focused on looking inside of the inside of your planner. But I don't like to do that. And it came this thing of like, how do you become authentic online? Yeah. And I think that was a question that I'm kind of always wrestling with and always figuring out and deciding, you know, like, what do I want to do and what, how do I want to continue to show up? But for me, posting inside of my planner wasn't authentic to me because my planner and like, I mean, this is a planner that I'm using right now, like looks like this. There aren't that many stickers. Like I'm crossing things off. I have arrows and zigzags and things white out. I spill wine in my planner. Like, you know, I travel with my planner. So it's beat up. Like, that's just what my planner looks like. And that didn't match the aesthetic of online. And so like, I will say like, I definitely mocked up some planner pages for the purpose of online. And I'm like, I'm working a nine to five job at the time. I'm like in a new city. Like, that's not how I want to spend my time. So I sit shifted slightly and really like was like, okay, what can I give like these tips, these strategies, things I've grown up with that I've always known things I'm developing as I'm more into this community. So I kind of shifted and started sharing that aspect of it. And I think that's where I really found my groove. And I think that's where Plan With Lore kind of really started taking off. And that's how, it's funny, I always like to say like, I'm a planner account that never posts the inside of my planner. Because like, <laughs> I always wanted it to be like, hey, I don't care what brand you use. I don't care what stationery you use. I don't care what pens you use. But like, these can be applicable to you no matter what. These tips, these tricks, you can do this in an A5 and a B6 and rings and disc and bounce, whatever. You yeah. can you can do this in your planner. Um, and so uh, that's that's kind of where I would say like the second phase of Plan With Lore was. And I think right now I would say, I, I think we're in phase three. I think that that aspect, but that was still very planner focused. Like that was still very like, okay, here's how I use this planner to do this. And you can do it in other planners, but I'm doing it in this planner. I think phase three is we're moving more into your type A BFF where planning and productivity and goal setting will always be at the heart of what I do because it's what's important to me and it's how I live my life. But it's also that I think planning touches so many aspects of our life. You know, like if you are setting goals, if you are journaling, if you make reservations before you go to dinner, like you are a planner, whether or not you call yourself that. And so 
I think now I'm moving more into really kind of like life productivity and like life planning. And obviously, like I said, planners, physical planners will always be at the heart of what I do because I find it important and because I use so many planners on the day-to-day basis. But I think now we're moving a little bit more into what does intentional living look like and how are we putting our plans, not just writing them down in our planner, but actually living them out. And how are we setting our goals and staying consistent with them throughout the year? And like I had mentioned a little earlier in the podcast, I think plan floor will always be evolving because it will always, it's part of me, you know, like I, it's a major part of me because plan floor is my actual life. You know, the hacks and the tips that I'm posting are things that I'm implementing on my day-to-day basis and things that are governing my life and how I'm, how I'm going with it. And um, I've also found too, that like, we are people behind our planners. And I also want to showcase that. So I love living in New York and I want to showcase what that looks like. And we're wedding planning right now. So I obviously want to continue to share what that is. I have a puppy at home. So like, I just didn't want to be siloed into, I can only post this one planner spread from this one brand seeing this one sticker. Um, cause that's how we started and we're in a different phase now. And I think, like I said, we'll continue to, to change and grow, but I would say that this version of playing with floor is the most authentic is the most me. Um, and it's something that makes me excited every day. I love that so much. So <laughs> much of what you said, I can relate to on such yeah. a big level, um, having been doing it for so long and realizing like the same as you, it's like. I don't want to keep posting about planners. It's, it's just so it's not fully what's going on, you know, behind the scenes yeah. and fully what I really want to talk about. There's so much more to planning. We're people. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's really important to touch on that. Obviously planning is fun, but it's not everything. And so yeah. I love your account for that reason. And, um, I love to see it evolve. So I'm super excited. <laughs> Okay, so I am quickly interrupting my own podcast to share with you about my membership community called Plan Like a Boss Community. This is a place where you can learn together, plan together, and achieve together, and encompasses things like trainings, live events, community chats, threads, groups, printables, and so much more, all centered around your planning and productivity. Plus, add on a business success path if you are an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur. Simply visit planlikeabosscommunity.com to try three days for free and join the community where you belong because we can do so much more if we do it together. Okay, now back to the episode. Um, And you did mention that you were planning a wedding. Um, I will tangent. I also had my own 300 person wedding as well. And it was no easy, (laughs) no easy feat. feat. Um, And so I just kind of want to know what it's been like to plan a wedding. I know you kind of mentioned that you wanted to talk about it a little bit more, you know, on your social Mm -hmm. media and and be a part of your content. Um, But I want to know what is your advice to those that want to plan something big? So let's first talk about how it's been, um, to plan the wedding, what that looks like. And then if someone's planning something big on their own, what is your advice for that? Yeah, that's really great. I mean, so wedding planning, I think is the manifestation of all the best things about planning and all the worst things about planning. Um, (laughs) if I could like sum it into one word, because it is all these spreadsheets and to-do lists and timelines to your heart's content, but you're also dealing with real people, which like, 
normally when I'm planning, the people that I'm dealing with are like myself, John Michael, like, you know, I'm not really dealing, like you say, with like 150 other people and all of their needs and everything that they need. Um, but I really, I really can't complain at all. It, I am so excited for this wedding. We are doing like a um, celebration in May. That's going to more be a larger reception. And then we're having a very, very small intimate act like ceremony in New York in August. So I kind of feel like I'm planning two little weddings side by side, both which one is the New York one is like black tie and formal, which is a part of us. And then the other one's like backyard hanging out, which is yeah. also another side of us. So I really feel like we're getting all of our everything, like we're taking our love story and really getting to see it out throughout the year. So it's been a lot of fun. I just went wedding dress shopping on my dress, which was so exciting. And now we're getting into like the nitty gritty and like later today, I have to pick out tablescapes of like what color napkin goes with this like fork and this plate. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but I think if anyone's planning a big event, that's more of the question that I like. And where I think um, the best, best advice I can give you is first off, sit down with whoever's planning the event. So I'll, we'll talk wedding because that's my reality. Right. right after John Michael and I got engaged, before we started talking to other people, before we started doing anything is we sat down, him and I with a notebook, and we wrote out what do we want our wedding to look like? And that is because once you put something out into the world, whether it is a goal, an idea for a big event, you open it up to other people's opinions. And sometimes those opinions are so supportive and so awesome. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're a really kind of criticism and people are like yucking your yum. And so I would say, sit down, write out what you want it to look like, what you want it to feel like, what you want, if there are guests there, what's the guest experience? What type of food do you want to serve? And this doesn't have to just be a wedding. I mean, this could be like a graduation party, or this could even be your goals. Like, What does that look like for your year? You know, who do you want to be at the end of it? And write it all down for what you need and you want for yourself. Right. So like that would be my first one. And then number two, again, we did this before we included other people is we created a timeline. You know, at the time we were both working nine to fives, we were figuring out. And so we were, then we um, like made a timeline of who has what responsibilities. And we plotted it all out for the year. And we put in knowing, knowing as you do with a plan that it doesn't always go according to plan. So we put in some stopping points to like reevaluate and re-see things. But then we created, kind of created that timeline um, for what we wanted the next, you know, for us, it was 18 months to start to finish. But again, if these are your goals, maybe the next six months, maybe the next year, really plotting out what does that timeline look for you? Yeah. And it wasn't until after that second step, did we ever involve anyone? And so kind of that third step of what we did was then um, start to tell people. And, you know, like, I think, again, we told some people who either criticized, criticized, not the best word, but like didn't necessarily agree or, you know, whatever it may be. But because we had created our process and we had created what we wanted to look like, we could take there and say, thank you so much for your feedback, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there were other people who provided opinions that were so great and we're like, oh, we definitely want to add this or we definitely want to take that. And so um, that's my biggest advice when planning something big. And I know it's not the advice of like, use these platforms and use all of these things. And like, (laughs) I'm so happy to go into that. But I truthfully think, and I think this goes back to our conversation that we talked earlier, is like, it's okay to set boundaries. You know, it's okay to say, hey, this is what we're doing. I'm not really asking your opinion, 
I'm more of telling you, and that doesn't need to be yes. like disrespectful. You right. know, like I'm not saying go up to someone and be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. You get no say, you get no input. Like you just have to show up and deal with it. Like that's not the mindset that we're going into it. But instead of being like, what do you think about this? And looking for other people's approval, we go on and we say like, this is what we're doing. I hope you support me along on this journey. And I think that's larger advice, not just big wedding, but like life advice. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, (laughs) as a, thank you for all that. That was great, great advice. Um, I know it can be really difficult planning a wedding, but it will be worth it. Just remember to like, enjoy the day. (laughs) Exactly. so bad. But um, what I was going to say was I am like a former and I still am a people pleaser. Like I work Mm -hmm. on that so hard because I just grew up that way. And so it's hard for me sometimes to say, no, I don't like that. Or I'll get myself into situations because I don't want to say no, or I'll do something I don't Mm -hmm. really want to do. And so that's such great advice to just be like, you know, this is what we've already decided on. And you just need to kind of take that extra step. And boundaries are also hard for me. So (laughs) I think boundaries are hard on everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like so much, and again, tangent, but I think that this is so much of like the boundaries, like what I have found and like what I've worked through in my own therapy, not only like when I set boundaries with people, but like when people set boundaries with me is that I think a lot of the times it's interpreted as disrespect, right? You know, when people feel like, oh, you're disrespecting me by saying this or by doing this or by not doing this. And I think that has had to be such a mind shift, mind shift setting. Wow. That could have been really bad if it came out the wrong way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I've had to just, you know, shift my mindset in regarding of like, Oh, like that means it's best for them. And that's not disrespect to me or to my character or to what, you know, to how I perceive the world. And same thing with them. If I set a boundary, that doesn't mean that I'm disrespecting who they are and the importance that they play in my life. Yeah. Such a good point. And something that we really need to practice when we're planning something big, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also too, like to talk, like to bring it on the planner space, like, you know, I think I've also learned that like, okay, just because I make a plan doesn't mean that other people are going to follow it. And that has been such a hard thing for me to say like, you know, because I think sometimes we look at planning and we're like, okay, I put in the emotional labor of thinking (laughs) through this plan and creating the plan and then either sending it out and so then when a the plan doesn't go according to way or people are like, mm, I don't want to do that. You're just like, well, do you know how much time and effort I put into this? Like, right. You, are so you don't know. You, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. On my wedding day, again, this is also a tangent. On my wedding day, <laughs> I, I stayed up so late the night before, like creating table settings, um, like the, yeah. you know, not settings, um, what am I, uh, table what is it I'm already forgetting but when you put the name where people are supposed to be sitting seating oh, place cards place seating chart seating chart oh my gosh <laughs> wow. um I spent so much time with the seating chart I just wanted like certain families to be certain places and usually that's what you do for a wedding um so I'm in our like limousine taking pictures and someone calls me and they're like nobody's you know we're not doing the seating chart um nobody's sitting where they're supposed to be sitting they're not going to find their seating chart and I'm like Oh my, I like almost <laughs> freak out. I'm like, no way. Um, and it's in that moment that I was like, this is like, everything's ruined, you know? And I had to really like recognize even yeah. looking back that everything turned out fine. Everybody sat, everybody had a great time. Yeah. And sometimes plans are just not going to go 
as you want them to go and you have to really like be okay with some things not going the way you planned. (laughs) A hundred percent. I always say that planning is 90% for me and 10% actually for execution. And like, I believe that like it's 90% to make me feel better, to make me feel like I have my life together, to make me feel like I have a plan in place. And like, if I can go through and if the universe wants to say, Hey, today, the stars are going to align. Everything's going to be great. It's going to go according to plan. Then we'd love that. And that's awesome. But like, that doesn't always happen. Like, you don't know what type of mood you're going to wake up in or like, am I going to wake up and like, find out that my dog is running around my house and has chewed through my couch, you know, like it, it just depends. We can't predict everything. And so I think the plan makes us individually feel so much better, feel like we have a sense of control, which is important. And I don't want to dismiss that. It is very important. But um, the actual execution part is a little harder to get there. A little harder to get there, which actually brings me to my next question, which is that (laughs) (laughs) you do appear to be very highly motivated, which is great. I know that Mm -hmm. like motivation is such I mean, it's half the battle sometimes. Um, And I'm just wondering, like, what keeps you motivated to grow and tackle the things that you want in life? Because sometimes life can be, um, for a lack of better terms, sucky. (laughs) And sometimes it can be great. And so sometimes even on those days where things just don't feel great, um, how do you stay motivated and get, like, back on that course again? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's really... Really great question. So I'll answer it in two parts. I think the first thing that just motivates me is like helping others. I've always had a sense to want to help others and to want to inspire others. And it's funny because I never used to think of myself as a creative person, like ever at all in my life. I can't draw. I can't sing. I can't dance. Like I can't, you know, but I had always kind of looked at those ideas of like, that's what creative is, you know? And it wasn't literally until the past like five years that I was ever like, oh, I'm actually a creative person. That's its own thing. Um, But I've just always wanted to help and inspire people. And I found that this is a way that I can do so. And I will say, you know, selfishly during 2020, like I was at some of the lowest times that I've ever had in my life. And like showing up consistently every single day on Instagram and on YouTube is truly what gave me a purpose. You know, Um, it, while nobody really could have cared less whether I posted every Monday and Thursday on YouTube. Like that was such an important thing for me to say, I have to get up today. I have to take a shower today. I have to put on makeup today and create a video and put it out there. And, you know, it's like, I don't even go back and look at those videos ever because like, like I said, it was such a low time for myself, but it gave me purpose. And so um, I've kind of always been someone who did things because like, I thought that they were expected of me or like I took certain jobs because I was like, Oh, this is a good career move. Like I should be doing this, but I've never had like an internal compass of like, this is what I want to do. And this is what I want to wake up and do every day until I had plan the floor. And like, I wouldn't have this community if I didn't have the people behind me who are supporting me. So I think on one hand, like that's what keeps me very motivated to do that. And I think also too, like on another hand, I'm just a very determined person. I too think that goal setting is like 50% motivation and 50% determination. And like most days you aren't going to be motivated to do it, but like if you're determined and you have an end goal and you see where you can be. Um, and so I, I'm just kind of a very stubborn and determined person (laughs) in that way, you know? Um, things are not always like rosy cheeks and I don't even know the saying, but they're not always great, you know? Um, but I see a lot of, I see a lot of, um, potential 
I have the best conversations every single day in my DMs, talking to people, giving advice. Most of the time, I don't feel qualified giving, but like, you know, (laughs) but I'm like, I'm just so thankful that people have trusted me and people come to me that I want to continue to show up in that way. Yeah, that's a great answer. I mean, really, <laughs> it really is comes down to determination yeah. and just kind of like doing, 100%. yeah, doing what you, what you've set out to do. And so when you say sometimes, you know, it gets you out of your funk and I love that. When do you allow yourself to really rest and um, take care of yourself when you are feeling uh, less than great, I suppose? Like, what is it? What are the things that you do and how do you kind of get yourself out of that? Yeah. Love that. Um, so the nice thing is because I work for myself now, I get to set my own hours. Um, and with that, I don't work on Wednesdays and I don't work on Sundays. So for me, like I just realized that like, I kind of did a midweek break to take some time off, figure things out, you know, um, kind of like also like go to the doctor and the dentist and like do those types of things. And then like, you know, I don't work Sundays. That's just for me. But in the time, I also, when I start my day, I have found what I needed to start. And, you know, and again, for my physical health, I want to get up and I want to move. So whether that is going to work out or it's going on a walk, I have a dog. So now it's a lot easier. Like I physically have to take her out in the morning. I am journaling to my feelings, my thoughts, my whatever it may be. And I think it's so funny because sometimes my journal are like, these like this like very eloquent like you know here are my feelings and my thoughts and like sometimes my journals are like random words and I'm like I go back and look at them like what the heck was going to do this morning like what is what is going on and sometimes they're to-do lists you know and so I think I get asked all the time like how do you stay consistent in planner how do you stay consistent in journal whatever it may be like I just use it I make it a point to use it every single day and like I said Sometimes I'm journaling about these three full pages of all my thoughts and feelings. And other days I'm like, here's my to-do list for today. Or like, here's my thoughts on this TV show that I watched last night. Or, you know, here are my predictions for The Bachelor. Whatever, just to keep me in the rhythm um, of actually using it. But I I have personally found that like overall wellness um, contrib- like is what makes me feel the best. I kind of have a slogan that I live by and like, it's an overarching goal of mine always, which is strong body, strong mind, like, you know, really wanting to keep that top of mind as I go throughout the year. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. Strong body, strong mind. I can't agree more. <laughs> you know, Exactly. It's like, we and take it for granted sometimes. We do. We do. And, you know, you mentioned how you are now working for yourself, which big congratulations. Oh, thank you. So happy for you. Um, so really quick, what what would, were you doing, I guess? What were you doing before? Um, yes. Yeah, so like I said, worked in corporate um, marketing and work in corporate social media is kind of the realm that I was in. I spent some time in, um, what do they call it now? Talent acquisition. So I used to also be a corporate recruiter. Um, but always, always my focus and my lens, kind of like my, my niche in the corporate world was on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, I love that so much. What was your, uh, your degree? Um, so I got a degree in communications and sociology. So I got a dual degree, um, which is funny because I'm like, oh, communications. Like I always just say, like, I want to be able to pair like my communication skills with like my love of like organizational and like structural systems, which is what sociology is. And so, and now I feel like I'm like, if anything could have prepared me to be my own boss, like 
those two, I think, work for me. Yeah, I've heard great things about communications. I did a boring liberal studies one because I thought I, <laughs> I still sh- might be, I don't know, teaching was my like safe, yeah. safe job. As you were saying before, like you were kind of um, looking for that safe, you know, road. And and I sometimes nowadays I'm like, no, I don't want to be safe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like such a, again, a mind. I had, I for the longest time, you know, I think I could have, quit my job a lot sooner than I did, but I don't think you'll, you're ever ready. You just aren't. You just like, I used to say like, Oh, when I hit this milestone, then I'll quit. And I would hit that milestone. And I'm like, eh, I'm not going to. Um, and I think for someone who craves stability so much and success was kind of this very linear path of having a good job and then getting married and then having kids and yes. then getting a house or, you know, whatever order it all decided to come into, but it was very linear, right? Success yeah. looked this way for me. And I, and it wasn't that like my parents put it on me or anything like that, but it was just like society was like, this is what success looks like. And so because I am someone who loves routine structures, hierarchy, I'm like, okay, great. I have to do all these things to get there. So, you know, I graduated from high school and then I was like, okay, cool. And then I went to college and I had all the great corporate internships and like was in all of these leadership clubs. And I'm like that, cause that's what everyone's telling me to do. And then I graduated and I started at this corporate job and then like, I got a promotion at that corporate job. And like, when I start rising the ranks there, like, I'm doing those things because I think they're what, you know, society wants me to do. And I think that's what's going to get me recognition and get me all of whatever it may be, um, which was like my own stuff that I had to get over and like, you know, um, leave it all <laughs> and all these ideas to, you know, pursue something that that makes me genuinely happy. Oh gosh, it's like we share brains because <laughs> it's it's so true. It was like I I did everything that I was supposed to, and I've had so many people in my family be like, "She did it right. She did everything that she, you know. She did it correctly." And it and at first I thought, "Oh, what a great thing today!" Like, "Wow, thank you." Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, "Why did I do everything so correctly? Like, right. what, what? Why is that? You know, like you don't have to do everything." I was just like you it was like graduate then college and then, you know, have a kid and then all of these yeah. things, get married, have a kid. And, um, it can, sometimes when you look back, you're like, well, I did everything I was supposed to do. So, right. you know, what yeah, you're like, what's next, what's next? you know, <laughs> what's next. And I, and I kept always feeling like I was reaching for this next, like I would get yeah. to this milestone and same thing. People had always said in my life, like, you're going to be so successful. Like you just like are going to be so great. And like you're saying, you're like, Oh my God, it's the best compliment I could ever receive. Like, thank you so much. But like, for me, I let that take over like my passions and I let that take over parts of my identity. And it's, you know, funny now I'm full time. And, you know, obviously these are conversations happening with my parents. And like, I was talking to my parents, I was like, Oh, are you surprised? And they were like, not really. I'm like, what? Because I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> How are you not surprised? Yeah. Right now? And they're yeah. like, they're like, Lauren, when you were like five years old, the only thing you ever wanted in the world was like a video camera. And they were like, we literally bought you the cheapest video camera we could find. And oh. they were like, you made all these home movies. And my mom's like, yeah, I mean, thank God, because I never took a picture of you as a child, but we have all these movies. And like, then my mom's like, and then you would make these music videos and you made me buy these crazy softwares and like you would splice them together and you would put it all together. And I'm like, I had no idea about this. You know? I'm like, maybe I just like block this out for some reason, you know, but you know, and it's like, it's so funny to see that. And then like now do YouTube. 
you know, or I went to college when I first started looking at colleges, I wanted to go for broadcast journalism. Then they said I had to take these statistic classes. I said, absolutely not. Like, I'm not going to sit through a statistics class. And I changed my major to communications, you know, but then it's funny. It's like, I looked at that and I'm like, oh, like I was at first really drawn to the idea of that because it's something I really love, something that made me excited. But then I kind of looked at all these barriers and these roadblocks. I was like, well, I could be more successful in communication. So that's a little easier. And like, so maybe I'll do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm with you. I am with you 100%. <laughs> um, and so, okay. So when you were making this decision to kind of take this leap of faith, that's essentially what it is. It's right. And, and it's really betting on yourself as well. Right. Which is a great thing. I love that you're betting on yourself. Um, what, what led you to make that ultimate decision? Like, I know you kind of touched on that a little bit, but there was kind of like that deciding factor of like, okay, I'm just going to go do it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's a really great decision. A really great question. Like I said, you'll never truly be ready for like taking that jump over, moving into that new sector of whatever it may be. Um, but I think for me, I was just looking at my life And I no longer just had a quality of life that was acceptable for myself. Um, You know, to provide you for some context, I was working, you know, 40, 50 hours for my corporate job. I was working 40, 50 hours for plan with more. And so, you know, I'm looking at that. I'm like, I'm working a hundred hours a week now during the height of the pandemic. That was fine. That was easy. I wasn't stepping foot outside of my house. Like that wasn't, that wasn't a big deal. But now I wanted to, you know, go to the gym or I wanted to be able to go have dinner with a friend. And I was sacrificing those types of things to make sure that a YouTube video went out or to make sure that I was posting at this specific time. And so I just no longer had a quality of life that was sustainable for what the life that I wanted to live, you know? Um, and that allowed me to do the things that I want to do is I no longer had anything that was just for me. Right. So when I first started working, I was like, okay, great. I work. And then I don't do anything else. So like pretty much everything after work is for me, but then I worked and then I started my side hustle and I had plan with Laura and then I monetized that. So now I have two things that like are no longer just for fun that I'm, you know, both things are like, quote unquote, my livelihood depends on it, you know? Um, And so I was just working 24 seven, even though one with a little bit more fun of work, it still was work and it still comes with its own highs and lows. And I just didn't have anything that was just for me and just fun. Yeah. I just realized I had the decision to like say yes or no to how I want to live my life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great reason to really just look at your life and see if you're doing, you know, what you want to do and what that looks like. And, um, I talked with a lot of people who run businesses and they say, I just don't consider it to be a business yet. I just don't consider this to be my business yet. And it's such a sad thing because they're working so hard and, 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 you know, they're, they don't, they want to reach something or they want some type of, um, indication that this is their business. And so I want to talk about that a little bit with you. Um, and 
what that looks like for you. Like how, you know what I mean? Like, I think you're kind of getting what I mean, Mm -hmm. um, where there's kind of like this imposter syndrome or like this mindset shift. That's like, yes, this is what I'm going to work on hundred percent now full time. This is my business. And even though I'm not where I want to be yet, I will get there and giving Mm -hmm. it a hundred percent. Right. So there's a sense of believing in yourself, believing in what's to come and taking it seriously and running it as a business. Would you agree? Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. I think it's so funny. I will say, I think I'm probably in the minority that like, I pretty very early on started thinking about playing the floor as a business. Um, and I think that that was just a shift for me because like, I realized the power of social media and I knew that I like could be successful on it. Um, but it's like so funny because I have these same conversations too. And I'm like, y'all know you can just go start an LLC and then it's a business. And like, you don't have to have any followers or you don't have to pay any money to start one. You can just do it. Um, you know, and then I'm like, and then when you start paying taxes, then, then you're like, ah, this is a business regardless of whether I want it to be or not. Um, (laughs) but like I was kind of saying, like, you're never truly ready. And I think also too, like, especially when you start your own thing, whether it is social media, whether it is a goal, whether I think this is just life advice, you are typically comparing yourself to somebody else. And I think what is so hard is like, I would at a thousand followers compare my stuff and my platform to someone at a hundred thousand followers right. who had been on Instagram for 10 years, who had built a loyal following, was doing all these brand deals, was doing all these things. And I'm like, well, I just suck because I'm not them and I don't have this clout. And it's like, I think it's so hard because you cannot compare your day one or your starting point to somebody's year eight and somebody's or somebody's year 10. And I think the same thing um, in business is like, I, you know, I'm so excited to be working for myself, but also recognize like, and know it's a privilege to be able to do so, but also recognize that like my first year probably won't be as easy and as excited as I am. And as, as jazzed as I am, like we have to be very intentional here in this first year of what we're doing. And it may not look like what I thought it could be or what I thought it would be. Um, So I think my like biggest advice is just recognizing where you are, you know, like, yes, have I been in social media for a while, a hundred percent, but I've never run a business before, you know, until this and until now, like, and I, and so recognizing that this is where I'm starting now. And so like, if I'm looking at these other entrepreneurs, I'm looking at these other content creators, I have to recognize like, oh, they might've done this for even two years or 10 years or eight years. And it's, I cannot compare myself to them because our journeys are going to look so different. Yeah. It's such a great point. And I'm glad that you recognize that because it's so hard. It's so hard to do, you know, I say that to you now, but like still watch me in like three (laughs) months be like, Oh my goodness. You know, like it happens. Like Imposter syndrome happens. Our mindset happens. Like I can seem all rational to you right now. And then still like in a month, be on on with my therapist and be like, so I didn't hit this big goal that I wanted to. (laughs) And now I have to shut my whole business down. (laughs) (laughs) Real talk. That's just real talk. Um, (laughs) You know, but it's, it's so true. You know, there's so much that can happen in a year. There's so much that can happen in two years and everybody starts somewhere. Everybody starts at day one. 
And so just recognizing that for all the listeners out there that feel like they're behind, like, so did the other person who's now at a hundred thousand, they felt behind too at some point. And so you're going to eventually be where you want to be, right? It just takes Exactly. And I always say this, and I think it's like, I don't even, I think a mentor told me this one time. Um, It was in relation to goal setting, but now I use it in terms to social media. So it can go for anything is that they're always like, whenever you have a goal or you have a mission or on social media, there are going to be people who start before you, who are going to get bigger than you, faster than you. Right. And there are going to be people who start after you, who are going to get bigger and do better than you. Right. And like, but then there are also people who are going to start before you and never reach your level. And people who are going to start behind you and never reach your level. And I think that when you have something that you care so much about, you are constantly your biggest critic. And one thing that I'm trying to do in this next year is just being like really, really like mindful of that and like having to understand like, well, I could, if I did this more, like, so for example, I hit 10K on Instagram, which like, you know, is this milestone. Thank you. Thank you. But I remember like when I first hit 10K, I was just like, oh, like, it's not a big deal. Like, I could have done it faster. Like, right. whatever. Playing like, down, just playing it down. Yeah. You know, I was just like, it doesn't really matter. And then like, I get a FaceTime call and it's like, all oh, my best friends that were like, you hit 10K. Like, this is oh, incredible. So- like, you know, which was so sweet. And it reminded me of like, so many people, you know, wait for years for that to happen. And, you know, that's their ultimate goal is to hit that number. And like, I just hit someone's ultimate goal. And that might be different than my ultimate goal, but that doesn't make it any less valuable, you know? And so I think, especially when you're running your own company or your own social media platforms, or you're working on your goals, again, we're always focused on what's next. Okay. Hit this. What's next. What's that next milestone? What's that next big thing that we do? And it's so hard to just celebrate that little win, celebrate that little milestone and be like, wow, this really is a big deal. Yeah. They say it's the journey. That's the best part. Yeah. And sometimes you forget. And it is a big yeah. deal. It is a big deal because at one point that was your goal until right. you started thinking about a bigger goal in between. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's so nice. And your friends sound, um, sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to your friends. Oh, um, you. Love that. Um, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I want you to kind of leave the listeners with one piece of advice when it comes to following their dreams and planning for big things um, that they can take away and kind of be motivated by as they kind of plan for something big, whatever that may be. (laughs) Now, I know that you sent me this question in advance and I like had this like perfect, like, you know, polished thing that I wanted to (laughs) say, but now we're throwing all of that to the wind. So we're just going to take it as it comes. But if I had to give anyone advice to following your goals, the first things that truly come to mind are number one, be kind of secretive. And like, that is kind of counterintuitive. I know, I know, because we always say, share your goals, share your accountability partner, share doing all this. And I think that that's important. But just be hold your goals or your passions close to your heart, at least for a little bit. For kind of some of the same things that we've talked about here in this podcast, which is when you start to tell people, that's when doubt may start to creep in, or that's when people may try to discourage you, or that's when people may try and say, eh, I don't really see the vision for it. So therefore it's not legitimate. You know, right. you will never know or you 
in terms of your goals and your dreams and passions, probably think about it all the time. I know I do. I think about it every single moment of every single day. You probably have all these ideas of things that you want to do or how you're going to accomplish that or how you're going to get there. And so no one will truly know the vision as well as you do. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, you know, and (laughs) so like in that, I'm not saying that you shouldn't share, share about it, especially if you're excited about it, because I do think that people, that it is human nature to want to support others and, you know, want to love others along their journeys, but maybe don't share every part of it. Maybe don't share your whole entire timeline and your plan and how you see it all coming to fruition because there will be people who try to discourage you from it, you know? And like, as much as I wish those people weren't there and if they do send them to me, I'll take care of them for (laughs) you. But like, you know, yeah understand that not everyone will know it as much as you do. And so people can't understand that that's on them. That isn't on you to try to make them understand your goal or your dreams or your visions. Oh God, that was so good. As you can see, <laughs> putting praise hands up because it's so true. We have this vision in our head and it's like, we can see it, but what makes us think other people can, they, they right. probably can't. And so there's always going to be something, <laughs> you know? And so thank you for that. I think that was a great piece of advice. <laughs> your heart, yeah. right? And just kind of sit with it on your own because you're the right. only person that knows what you right. want. And again, you're probably like, Hey, that might be counterintuitive. You say to share your story. And I think so you still should share. And like, if I had a secondary piece, like I'd say document everything, you know, yeah. I just think it's cool to see where you started to where you are. Um, but yeah, know that there are people who are cheering you on. Know that you'll yeah. may never seem ready, but that doesn't mean it's not the right time to start. Um, and know that also too, your definition of success can change over time. And what you thought may be successful now could be a different a different reality in three months, six months, or six years. Yes. Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I mean, okay. So first, before we kind of wrap this up, I want to know where, where you're at, what you're doing. Just please plug yourself all the way and what you have coming up right now. Oh my goodness. This is always, always like a, I'm like, okay, let me get my elevator speech on. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I'm everywhere at Plan with Lore. If you're really interested in wedding planning, you want to see a lot more of it. TikTok is where you'll find me. It's my new venture for 2022. So we'll see how that plays out. But plan with Lauren Instagram and YouTube for weekly planning, daily tips and tricks. Um, I also do have a membership community. Again, we're on Patreon. It's plan with Lore. Um, if you are interested in social media and want some more accountability and help, I have a tier called Social Star. We do monthly trainings and we also have group calls where we chit chat about latest trends in social media. Um, I also do some one-on-one conversations and coaching if people are interested in it. So that's where I am. Yeah. What's to come. Um, we'll see. We have a lot, a lot of things that are on the books. Not everything is completely signed, sealed and delivered yet. Um, but I think really like my big focus in this next year, especially having it be playing with Lord's like first year I'm doing it full time is really just being intentional. Um, so I want to make sure that in every way that I'm showing up, that's intentional and it's constantly serving the people that it is there too. Um, so if anyone ever has ideas, thoughts, I answer all my DMs. So come on over, come hang out. 
Yes, you're very accessible. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, I will put all of this in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you for being here. I had a great conversation, such great little nuggets. And um, I hope you have a great 2022. I think it's going to be fantastic. Here's to 2022. I hope everyone has a great 2022. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. Definitely. <laughs>